is right it's the full tilt fantasy podcast presents the fantasy walkabout and i see billy over here is going well well what a walkabout on a tuesday i know there was, right. there was a brief power outage uh here where i am in the miserable place that is winnipeg canada sometimes and you know we had to postpone to tonight and i know it's a bit late but i want to thank people for coming and spending some time with us uh tom lee uh it's a little bit later in the day for you over there what time is it in tomorrow uh, for you right now? Uh, it's just after midday, just your 12.30 p.m. sort of business. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a difference. Nine hours. We're finally hashed that out. I'm going to try to remember it, but I'm going to forget it. We're uh, never going to remember it. Yeah. We're never going to remember it. We're never going to remember it. Uh, so this is episode four of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presents the Fantasy Walkabout, the first episode also partnered with the Dynasty Vipers Network over Ooh. there on YouTube. So a shout out to them. We're, we brought the main show over there last week, and this week we're bringing the Fantasy Walkabout. Pretty exciting stuff. So the, as I mentioned, this is episode four, but this is part three of the Value Accumulation Project. Uh, we want to help people acquire and identify what true value is in fantasy football. The word value is thrown around. In every conversation, in every draft, I can't believe how much value is on the board. I can't make this trade because there's so much value. There's va- we all know there's value at that round, at that position, with that we we're going off of largely the same ranks, unless you know you have weird ranks or like some you know affinity for ranking players for for clicks. Uh, you know, then we're all basically kind of thinking the same way if you're playing with really sharp players so that's not identifying true value and that's what's important your team doesn't actually get better unless you're identifying true value now we uh, in previous episodes we talked about how to build your tiers and why we prefer doing tiers for everything for drafting for trading um, why we don't like trade calculators but how to handle talking trade calculators with another league mate so you don't lose out on that trade We've talked um, Hollywood Titans up in here. What up? What up, what Hollywood? Up? Uh, we've we've talked about how to uh, identify value with Aegis, of identify value in the dead zone. We've talked about all these things. Today, uh, we are really going to look into value identification. It's a very big part of fantasy. Obviously, there are some pretty generic ways of doing this, but we want to show you at least tell you how our process works and how we apply it to attaining what we like to call, and you'll hear this a lot, true value. Because that's the only way you are going to get real value. Again, everyone knows that you know getting OBJ in the eighth is a value, but is it a true value? Like the, these are important. Dobbins in the second, is it a value or is it a true value? We, like These are very different things, especially post-draft. Because everyone knows you don't win your league at the draft. I mean, I mean, it just doesn't happen. I mean, how often, Tom Lee, have you walked out of a draft and be like, "I'm not, I'm not doing anything. No waivers, no trades, nothing. It, it, I just, I've it, got it in the bag." Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you always hear you can't win the league at the draft, but I think you can lose it. Like if yeah, you do oh it yeah. wrong, you can definitely lose at the draft, right? Um, and and that's what we're kind of talking about today is trying to figure out. Well, once you finish the draft. Who did lose it, and then who can we actually go to to acquire more value from? Yeah, because you've only got one opportunity, only one draft slot. Even if you trade within drafts, 
you know, you've got chances to acquire value, but this is it, where to see it, how to see it, what to do with it when you do see it. You know, this is where we're headed. And so having worked through uh, how to organize your assets and how to turn them into value for yourself and then capitalize on those, uh, we want to divide uh, these opportunities into two sections. There's two sections. It's drafts and league trades. Now, you might think that that's obvious because uh, it is. Um, we want to talk through some examples on how to capitalize on draft value and how to commence trade negotiations. That Super is a very big thing. Learning yeah. how to walk into a trade negotiation, and we talked about this last week on how to like just not be completely dismissive. Walking into a trade negotiations, your first message has to be part of the plan. Where do you want to start with this, Tom Lee, in, in the first steps in value identification? So I think the key thing, if there's one thing you remember from this from this show and the one thing you take away is you need to understand and know what your league's about and who your league mates are. Because we talk about true value. Um, one of the reasons that the term value is so broad and why it doesn't work across the board is because everyone's valuations are different, right? So therefore, true value is what is the value of that player or those assets within the league you're in. Right? Now, scoring changes it. There's a bunch of different factors that all will impact and affect it. Um, but the key is to know what those factors are. And then the more you're involved in the league, the longer it goes to know the teammates better because they are also relevant factors to what your chances of acquiring true value are. And it changes year to year. Um, and it's a re it's probably the most interesting part of the off-season process is getting to know better and better who, you, who your league mates are and what's going on within that league. Right. I think one of the, one of the funniest things for how we ended up where we are talking on this show uh, from across the world uh, from one another is that in a league we were drafting in immediately we started talking uh, after the first couple of rounds, yeah. we kind of understood the, the people we were drafting with and, and it, it led us to hear uh, it's, it's so important to try your hardest, not to be the stranger in the league. You'll lose out on so many opportunities. Knowing your league is quite possibly the most important factor in acquiring true value if you can't read the room like if you can't kind of chameleon in the room you can't find the room this is exactly like, yeah yeah exactly um for us um when you're looking at knowing your league it comes with knowing your roster sizes and really understanding what that's going to do to your draft board i want to ask you right off the gate when you're looking at your starting lineup let's say you're playing in a you know what the, what's kind of the standard now it's uh we're gonna go one tight end because we're not sociopaths that play two tight end leagues right that, that's sociopath yeah, behavior that's just asking for pain yeah <laughs> and it's challenging don't get me wrong challenging interesting but my god yeah uh, weekly starts are a nightmare it is <laughs> rough when you're playing like i don't know luke wilson in week 13 because everyone else is dead like it's and tough. you're not sure what team luke wilson currently plays for yeah. <laughs> you know he's playing Exactly. He signed the signed one week and it was starting for Baltimore against Pittsburgh. Like the next <laughs> yeah. and getting red zone targets. That two tight end stuff that you know, that's sociopath behavior. But for us, it's always super flex. And for this example, let's do two running back, two wide receivers, a tight end. Let's go two flex. When you're looking at that, how does that change maybe what your ranks are gonna be? How does it change when you're identifying what true values will be at the draft in the mid to late rounds? How does knowing your league in and out really matter? Yeah, so I mean, from a broad point of view, when you're talking starting nine-man rosters, the key is that if this is what we see this, this as a standard, then value and value conversations should really be based around this setup, right? Uh, whether it's PPR, half PPR, it doesn't really matter too much. But the key is the smaller the roster, the greater that bigger assets are important. Because right. it's harder to make up a tier gap if you've got one player trading down to two. It's harder to make up that production on field because you don't have an extra slot to put that player into. So as much right. as you can do, you can acquire extra value, as we talked about previous weeks with different tiers, trading down, adding assets. But if you can't use that asset, it doesn't actually help you acquire true value in that league. Um, so some trade downs, and this is why trade evaluations are so difficult because without knowing the intricate, like the context of what's going on, it's very hard to say whether or not that's a good move, because if you're not able to get that production on field, then it's just sitting in the team. So yeah. this is why we talk about why it's such a hard time in this dead zone in the off season to understand what am I doing with my value? How do I start adding pieces to my team if I can't play them? Well, the yeah. season's not for another month and a bit, like even, or even longer, you know, we're waiting ages until these guys become relevant. 
So the key here is not knowing and understanding what will be become what will become valuable to your team to win the league. But in the meantime, what assets are on the rise? What pieces can you have to actually go out and get the ones that are going to, you know, perform for you on the park? So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in nine-man rosters, active rosters, it's pretty standard. I mean, most people should be basing their asset evaluations and, and acquisitions on that sort of setup. Uh, it's when league sizes change or scoring yeah. purposes changes that it really starts to become a bigger issue. And I think people get lost a little bit in the wash. They don't really understand... If you don't change scoring and you add a couple of extra flex spots, well, all of a sudden you've diluted the pool of possible, you know, scoring production at, at one key position in particular. And we'll talk right. about that in a second. Mm. Right. And that's where, you know, if you're a trade up kind of guy and you have to fill, you know, a 13, you know, some ludicrous number of starting yeah. spots in a super flex league, your trade up strategy just doesn't um, fit the bill unless it is for that tier jump. And that's where it becomes important. Mm. Um, First scoring, how much do you weigh scoring for? I know people play in uh, a tiered scoring for like running backs. Yeah, it's becoming more wild to me. Yeah. yeah, it obviously you look at say Scott Fishbowl settings, it's a little different. And but there are leagues, um, you know, that I've been told about, I haven't played because I'm not a sociopath, uh, that you know, running backs get 0.25 points per reception and tight ends get 0.75 and yeah. receivers get a bonus 0.5. That kind of stuff, you you can't walk in with the same straight, you can't. You mm. cannot walk into your same base strategy. That's where knowing your league. And if you walk into that league and you walk in with your regular basic Starbucks ass uh, <laughs> the plan for drafting, you will lose at the draft. Yeah. Right. Knowing your league is important. I remember I was in a league. I had completely forgotten what the scoring setting was. Uh, we started the league and I was like two rounds in, I realized it was half point PPR. Yep. And like, I just went, oh, you got to be joking. Yeah, it's Eckler in the second, to... not looking so good. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think it was, my issue was Eckler, and I took him in the third or the okay. fourth, and I was like, oh, no. Like, there yeah. goes the true value of the pick, half PPR. It's just not the same. So uh, you have to know your league. It is the single most important thing when identifying true value. Uh, I want to move into actually drafting. Yeah. Uh, drafting for true value and identifying it. Obviously, uh, do you feel like it, it matters when you're looking through the value objective filter? I mean, what is value based uh, in your draft strategy? How does it work? Uh, so, the keys to using, um, you know, ADP and consensus value. Jacob's here. Half PPR is for plebeians. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. I know, I know. I don't know what I was thinking that day. Did you say plebeians or plebeians? Plebeians. I'm sure, sure Cobble Bland. I think I think it's plebeians, but he's also yeah. smarter than I am. So yeah, I don't we'll know. wait for his answer on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you uh, how do you want to get into team team build draft strategy here, Tom Lee? So I mean, that's probably one of the things that, that's thrown around a fair bit is what's your draft strategy? Are you going to do? I think uh, Ray GQ talks productive struggle, right? Really yeah. entertaining way to go young and build up and all this sort of stuff. But the sooner you decide on that, the more you're locked in, and the less range there is, the more value that falls for others, right? So yes. for me, it seems somewhat illogical. And then you'll get like the fantasy footballers talking stay water or all that sort of stuff. Um, well, staying water is fine. But if you don't know what you're going to switch to, if, you, if you're only thinking in terms of here are three different draft strategies, I've got to fall within one of them. Um, you're sort of stuck. Like, what are you going to do with it? So this is where value drafting becomes such an appealing mindset and ideal. You, you go to build a team you want to build. And if it doesn't fall your way, then you just look to acquire value wherever there is value. You know, yeah. you use your now, so you understand your league, where the scoring's going. You're getting a feel. Oh, that's some guy. Um, yeah, you're Bryce. getting a feel. You're getting a feel for what is happening um, within different teams as well. You can sort of see who's building where. <laughs> Meaning a member of... Yeah, <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> he was looking for the enunciation. Yeah, so, you... t <laughs> Anyway. Carry on. Yeah, so like I think that's the key, right? So you're looking at um, what were we saying? Um, yeah, deciding whether you're going to stick with one draft strategy or acquire for value. Uh, you're using themes and, and trends that you're seeing within the draft to adjust. Going well after the draft, this is what's going to happen, right? If one team is hoarding a certain position, or if they're only going for one thing, then the value of those assets is higher to that person. Plebeians. Yeah. Okay. 
I had it you right. Got me this time, Tom. Yeah. I'll concede. That's fine. I am the plebeian plebeian in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> Who's learning slang now? This is it. Yeah. Damn right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's the key. It allows you to go, well, now I have goals and I have targets that I can sell these assets to at higher rates rather than mm -hmm. just going, this person's valued more in the league in general. So if you get two or three people buying into one particular draft strategy, let's say uh, like RB heavy, and all of a sudden you're in a super flex league, we're talking, you know, QBs all of a sudden start sliding down the board. Well, I'm not going to go and try to fill my roster up if there's, you know, Ryan yeah. Tannehill sitting in the eighth round, whereas he should be gone mm -hmm. in the fourth or fifth. Like I'm taking him, right? I'm taking Baker, I'm taking these guys because I know I've got targets to sell them to, that they yeah. can't replace that production. So like that's what you're looking for really is what is now the highest valued asset based on your understanding of the league and the nous of watching what other teams are doing. Can you make a better educated decision knowing you can get more value on the back end post draft? That is what value drafting is all about. Yeah. Um, and not saying, you know, I think this player's highest value. I'm going to take them here. Trade back to these different tiers. You know, we've got an idea of where, where value is going to fall to. Go and acquire two assets in that same range because you know what you're going to do with them. Yeah. If your plan was to take QB and no one else wants them, trade back a couple of rounds and take. Yeah, so we got um, Tom Lee over there in Australia. So this 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 can happen. But as Dynasty Vipers are saying, I never make any educated decisions. I mean, yeah, uh, we lost it there for a second there. Okay. Uh, yep. But um, again, I, I explained to the people uh, being in Australia – uh, that that can happen from time to time, but <laughs> but as Dynasty Vipers, uh, the main account here is saying, I never make any educated decisions. I, I I sometimes I get I get told that that's how I am, but for what you were saying, uh, when it yeah. comes to uh, your draft strategies being open, um, yeah, identifying what your league. If you see a guy who's starting, um, you know, he's drafted five running backs in a row to a point where he's reaching on that, on that last running back. Like, you know, that that's your guy. You're going to, whether it's week one, week two, week three, you're going to get him eventually. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there's an archetype of QB that fits better for the QB hoarding strategy in later rounds? Um, I mean, look in the later rounds, obviously the, the um, Brady's right. The, the bands, et cetera. Name. Hey, the Brady's, the Ben's, you know, the Darnold's, the Darnold's those, are, yeah. those are the guys that you're in the later rounds that I do yeah. want to hoard them because everyone's going to look for the Jacob actually uh, said this the best um, for me last year that having one quarterback in a super flex and then trying to acquire one later, you might as well have a piece of paper stapled to your forehead yeah. that says, you know, fuck me just right yeah. Right on your forehead, staple it, right? Um, Come ruin my team. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Because when you, there's no such thing as acquiring a cheap QB two in super flexes post draft. There's no yeah. such thing. Um, it's almost it's almost impossible. But yeah, you're right. The dual QB threats like Hill and Tebow. Tebow being a tight end one now. Thank you very much uh, for the brand. But you're right, getting a dual tight end threat. Yeah. <laughs> right. You want those guys that can have the opportunity to hit ceilings. Like I'm still drafting Heineke in like the 20th round because Fitzpatrick has never finished like a full season really, except for I think yeah. twice. But um, to answer Jacob's question, those are kind of the guys that you want to target six, seven, eight, because you know, you know those guys that are drafting you know, five running backs, then it'll take two wide receivers. They're going to be looking for that big Ben. I'm going to win a championship with this trash QB, uh, yeah. you know, and then I have my draft pick to, you know, trade for a second quarterback later, which is not always the case. If you're the one drafting those quarterbacks at yeah. the better value and not reaching for like, so if you have, I just want to put an example of this before we move on. If Brady yeah. is there in the seventh, you're taking Brady over other players like OBJ and some other players that are in the seventh round. Um, Brady's a if, tough one, right? So Brady is a win now piece. So if there's a team exactly. that is, is gone like RB heavy, wide receiver heavy, they don't have QBs, but they're looking to win now, then yes, I'd take Brady. If there you, wasn't, I'd let him go. Um, because I don't think you're going to get, you're not going to get the flexibility of right. being able to move him afterwards. What sense. I'm saying is the only yeah. way QBs are falling that far is if there is one or more person yeah. doing Correct. that in the yeah. league anyway. Because you'll see the Brady, Tannehill, yeah. Stafford, 
those guys aren't making it to the sixth, seventh round unless there's somebody doing that, thinking yeah. that they're going to just get the best value at quarterback later. That's where you have to mainly uh, adjust. Yeah. How bad is Daniel Jones? I don't think it's that bad. I mean, no. I hope you have a third option or some draft picks. I would well, want to rely on that. Too, right? like, yeah. yeah. This is what we're talking about. A true value. Is Daniel Jones, a true value in your draft, or did you have to reach to get him to fill your roster? Yeah. That's did where he push, becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If you drafted him or traded for him to quote, fill your roster. I like at that point, I would rather just play Tony Pollard in my super flex spot and just roll <laughs> with it. Cause right. And Hollywood, you're right. TB 12 is the goat. Uh, we did go over that, but that's where the true value comes in. Huskers. It, it, it's about, get when you got daniel jones was it in the case of being a true value or did you did you fill your roster um because we're very much against that um at, we did briefly touch on that but i want to just move to being aware of other teams oh round seven i mean it's fine i mean it's totally fine your qb2 didn't have to trade up for him like i'm targeting guys like wentz in that range personally yeah, over a guy like daniel jones. but it's if you yeah. daniel jones is getting that like you know big breakout hype right now i mean hard not to you're getting saquon back and they obviously signed a semi-alpha uh, in in kenny galladay not a maybe a true alpha but they drafted tony which i get it it's fun to make fun of him but they still drafted him pretty high you know it's something to be said i think that's a decent value for him as long as you didn't do it out of panic then then it's fine i mean if you so drafted knowing that that's where you were kind of going to go with your value at the pick totally totally absolutely fine so being aware of other teams draft strategies yeesh, yeah, that's is really sure. important and then key moves middle of the draft to keep you moving with value was able to stack galladay at least that's nice i like that so, yeah, so how do you, you want to fall and you know take advantage of that go and cluster those picks together you know trade back mm -hmm. around and pick up a later pick because you sort of see what's going to happen uh, I was going to say three QBs that I'm seeing pretty consistently are Baker, Stafford, and uh, Kirk Cousins in particular, mm -hmm. all falling in that same sort of range and round because they're not sexy. No one's really after these guys. Right? Yeah. So if they get pushed back because of that and you cluster you know, three or four or five picks close together and you take all three, all of a sudden you've changed what the next few rounds look like, right? Yeah. So that's a way to, to take advantage and create your own value is all of a yes. sudden you've made a demand at a value on a position that is now going to be reached for. So that's where you're going to get your Daniel Joneses taken in the sixth and seventh because all of them are gone. And not yeah. being, not being afraid to start the run, like nah. not being afraid to start the QB run, not being afraid of the QB run. If it happens, all these things should be in your mind already after the first, second round, getting ready yeah. for it, how to prepare See what people are doing. Yeah. And how not to bite on panic in a draft. Having to, I got to trade up. This quarterback's going to be gone. I have to trade up. No, you do not. You yeah. do not have to do that. Stop that. Like, if you want to trade up with me, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You want to be the right guy here, that accepts yeah. it. Yeah. You want to yeah. be the person that accepts that trade, not the one that reaches out for that trade because you feel like you have to. Um, I want to move to what I feel is the most important part, and that's post draft identification. Yeah. So if you have gone tight end heavy in the first bit, tight end premiums, or even even not, I mean, in standard PPR, Travis Kelsey was a, and Waller were cheat codes, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you're looking at positional scarcity. Where did you stack up to the rest of the league? Um, looking to capitalize on other people's strategies? Because you know that there's always people in the league that they look at their thing and like, oh my God, I got I got Marvin Jones as a flex player. Oh, I, yeah. I, I need to, I need to make a trade after yeah. the draft. And you're sitting on those players that you drafted away from the rest of your league how are you looking at post-draft identification and then approaching it we're going to get into starting those conversations afterwards yeah. so we, we can skip that part but how are you looking to match your value to what other people might be panicking and identifying in the panic so i mean there's there's a the real obvious ones right let's go across every single person's roster and make a note of their roster gaps or to your assessment what their roster gaps are right doesn't mean these people have a, a need or a want to go and fill those roster spots, but at the same time, it gives you an idea of where to start pushing assets to. Uh, and if you do acquire them from someone else, where you might be able to send them to afterwards. So you can sort of yeah. see where the chess pieces start moving. That's number one. Understand positional scarcity. Is there a higher demand on running backs for some reason in your league? We saw it last year. Running backs not only went early, but all of a sudden had this huge value where you're getting two wide receiver twos oh, for a running yeah. back two. You're going, there's no way. Like, and you look at it now. 
you wouldn't trade Josh Jacobs for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, right? You wouldn't no. get it. No. But, you know, last year you were getting that sort of value. You know, and immediately after the draft. Immediately yeah. after the draft, somebody's like, oh my God, I need a running back. I'm going to trade. Yeah. I'm going to trade this first that I kept throughout the draft and get a yep. value like Gaskin or something. Like you yeah. see it and people are like, oh, nobody does that. Yes, they do. Yeah. They You'll do. You'll see it pop up in the chat. Yeah. And that's what time. to look for is look for guys saying, oh, I need a running back. Go have a look at their roster. They've got two really good running backs and a Mars Gaskin. They panic for no reason. Go and talk to that person. <laughs> see if yeah. they want Mike Davis for a first or like a future, you know, possible high for whatever it is. Go and have exactly. a look and start seeing like, what's there that may yep. not just be your general value picks across the board. You know, you're not going to hear about these trades and other podcasts because they're so specific to your league. Exactly. But start looking for that stuff. You know, that's, that's a, how that's, you win those leagues. That's it's, a big thing. Not everyone can listen to every podcast nah. and, and not Nor everyone <laughs> exactly. And no one, no one should be saying like, well, that's how they did it. That's how I'm going to do it. That's how I have to do it. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. Uh, you, you're going to end up with a, a really big pom pom if you do it that way. And it's going to be, uh, it, it's not going to be a great time, uh, honestly. <laughs> but uh, most people aren't even going to post that kind of stuff in the draft. So when we talked about knowing your league and communicating with them, you should be going and checking in every, I don't know, three, four, five rounds on previous conversations. Hey, how are you yeah. feeling with this draft right now? Hey, uh, I mean, man, dang. Even, even if it's not true, just fabricate a conversation. Yeah. Man, I was really it's hoping. These were, yeah. yeah, I really was hoping these wide receivers were going to fall. How are like, how are you feeling? And maybe they'll bullshit you, and hopefully they yeah. are because they're playing the game. But at the same time, you're opening pre-dialogue for post-draft where you can walk in and go, man, that didn't fall this way. But guess what? I managed to make a move in the draft. I got these players. Yeah. I think we can make a deal. You've already made that connection verbally in a completely neutral, not low ball, you know, you didn't make them, you didn't trade calculator yeah. them, you know, in the first sentence. So they're all automatically out of the conversation. Well, my trade calculator says that this for this trade calculator, but I'm going to screenshot this trade calculator that shows that my value wins and you're a moron. You avoided that whole thing by just messaging someone politely. Hey, this draft, it's crazy. Can you believe that all these quarterbacks are going? And then, you know, maybe they'll, you could get a, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like quarterbacks should go this far. This is wild. And you're like, all right, that's a guy. Like you can identify that in conversation. And that's what I want to move to right now. I'm going to move to conversations. I mean, I want to do some examples, a little bit of uh, gameplay here, Tom Lee, about yeah, a bit of two and fro, a bit of back and forth. Exactly. Now, a couple of these uh, shits me to tears when it comes to yeah, they're uh, triggering. Yeah. engaging in conversation. And sometimes you just have to let somebody know that you're not here to fuck spiders in trade negotiations. You're just moving forward. Hollywood says that I hate trade calculators. Uh, we're we're anti trade calculators ourselves, but yeah. we also for a um, reason. Yeah. Hollywood, if you haven't caught the episode before uh, last week when we talked about this, you don't have to let other the other people you're talking about know that you hate trade calculators right away. There is an opportunity to get that trade done uh, yeah. with those people. Um, it's just a matter of how you communicate with them and, and make things move. It can be difficult. Like it can really like, Oh, you, you, some, you just, you got to put your phone down. You just got to click it, find like a video, a, a, like of cats and kittens and just watch it for a little while. Yeah. It, you know, it's just mad. The whole way. Get your steps yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Uh, don't want them. Can't win with them. Yeah, I know. I know. Singletary, he really gave us a few good ones. But Tom Lee, open this up. Uh, quick examples of conversations that we do not like. How do we yeah. not? So basically what's going to happen here is Tom Lee is going to open with a conversation and I'm going to play the other side. I'm going to play us and Tom Lee is going to be the, the rando here. Yeah. Now I'm going to over exaggerate this. Right? Oh yeah, but I love it. I love it. I'm I'll try not Tom's to cut team. a wrestling promo. Yeah, I'm looking at Tom's team and I don't know that he's a Ravens fan because I'm a dumb research, right? And I'm looking at his team and I see J.K. Dobbins sitting there and I go, hmm, fantasy footballers are a little bit down on J.K. Dobbins. I'm going to twist that into a narrative that I think he sucks. But I still want J.K. Dobbins for some reason. So I drift on in. Hey, Tom, how, oh, you know, how shit is J.K. Hey, Dobbins buddy. looking this year? You know, um, any interest in, you know, moving this player on towards me? And you're going. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, weird name 671. Uh, you know, I, I, I love Dobbins. I think he's a great player. I just, it would really depend 
on what you're willing to offer me. Oh, that's so strange. But what about, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to poach all these uh, goal line touchdowns and Gus Edwards, you know, the share last year was massive. There's no way he's going to catch passes from the backfield. He can't possibly be worth four firsts. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird to me that you're, you know, willing to put down the player. Like, why would you be, um, you know, putting down a player that you're looking to acquire? I mean, was my draft bad? Do you not agree? Like, I don't understand. I hate you. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, and, and that is an example that happens weekly uh, in fucking leagues across the goddamn way. I got yeah. two of those. I literally got two of those yesterday. That has to Huskers, be number one, right? Huskers knows what's up. Yeah. That's dead set number one. Don't... Like I agree. Yeah. Huskers knows what's up. He's Huskers had that conversation. All, over yeah. all right. What's the next one? Give me the next well, one. So, so just to summarize that one, don't come in and trash my player. I know you want them. It doesn't do you any service. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. All right. Yeah. Oh man, that that running back that has so much potential, I just don't think he's gonna do yeah. very well for reason, reason, reason. Here's mm. Tyler Boyd in a third. Yeah, but I can use him, so therefore I'll give you something. Shit. Yeah, he'll yeah. do great for my team. I'm just gonna do you a favor and cut the dead weight. Get just yeet, get out of here, yeah. Husker. I I love Huskers knows exactly. He's so all what's the next it. one? Yeah. What's the next one we don't like? So the, the, uh, I'm only gonna do two for the ones we don't like. But there's there's another one where. Don't go to someone and ask them if they're open to moving someone and then tell them to offer you a trade. Oh, right? God. Because it shows you've done no legwork. You've just gone, hmm, I reckon this, I can get a value from this idiot and I'm going to make sure that he offers me the first move because I know he'll sell at a lower value, right? Oh, I'm going to love this one. Okay, let's go. Hmm. Okay. Uh, who will I pick? Oh, hey, man. I noticed you got Zeke sitting there. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I, you know, are you open to moving Zeke? What are your thoughts on Zeke this year? Okay, Snoochie Boochie's 475. Um, I really appreciate uh, you tuning in on Zeke. I mean, I mean, if you're interested in him, what kind of what kind of package are you looking to start with him? Obviously, I don't really want to part with a starting running back. Oh uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm slightly interested. I'm not, you know, I'm not super convinced. But if you want to send me something, that'd be fantastic. And um. Yeah, I just I don't I don't, I don't totally understand why I have to send you. I mean, if you're interested, you can send me something. I'll look at it, and you know, if I if I don't like it, I'll counter. Yeah, and then I'll leave you red for about a week. Exactly. It'll get, <laughs> this is fucking it'll going nowhere. Go, Snoochie Boochies is going to not. I don't know if that's an actual name. Can I you should not tell everyone my other username. I like don't this. know. I don't know if somebody has that as a username. I just Smoochie watched Boochies. Jay and Silent Bob the other day, so. It came yeah, to mind someone, when I was yeah. coming up with a name. I'm so sorry if that's a real person. Uh, do trade and, and you're that a great person. person. If you're an absolute asshole, then <laughs> get fucked. Oh yeah, yeah, get yeah. fucked. Yeah, royally. Um, that's that's an important one. But that's another big one that drives us crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're it's so and it hurts you down the line with people. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, even if they're on the block, right? So if they're on the block, if you are going to somebody else to acquire their player have anything prepared literally Topic anything conversation so co-host on the friday show the full tilt dynasty podcast uh billy is pretty open about when he starts trade negotiations he's going to send you rubbish like the first trade is literally just him starting conversation and uh one second <laughs> it's literally him just starting conversation um, which it is important. And he, <laughs> I apologize to no one. We know that's what I love about you. You know, <laughs> Tennessee needs to apologize to Eric Gray though. Just so you know, RB one next year, you know, what's up. Um, I mean, you're really hurting yourself in future negotiations. If someone's on the trade block, right? Yeah. You should still be approaching that player on the trade block with anything, literally anything. Hey, how, how does this, you know, what, I know you love to do this one. Hey, I sent you a starter. That way yep. they know. They, yeah, know. they know it's not meant to be the one they're meant to take, right? Right. If you don't, please know now. If I say the word starter, it's because it's not meant to be taken, but it's meant to yes. reflect the structure of the deal that I hope to achieve with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll apologize to you. I'm sorry. When they apologize, I know. I'll see you Friday night, buddy. All right. I'm sorry. 
Okay, so that that's gonna lead us to one conversations that we do like, Tom Lee. What are some of the ones that we do love? We just mentioned one of them, right? So sending a starter, right? Telling you, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking into acquiring a player of yours. I'm really open to your input as well. You're looking to create a, a mutual beneficial situation for both teams. Yeah. You're going in with the intent of improving both rosters, knowing in the back of your head that the, the players you're going to target reflect value in your rankings, right? That's the only difference. You might be slightly higher. We talked about acquiring a tier of, of value. You're not looking to go in and absolutely blast the person off the park, Um now, don't get me wrong, it can lead that way based on your own rankings because if you've got guys ranked way ahead of consensus and ADP, um, you can get great value in some of these trades. But true you don't value. go in, true value, you don't go in assuming that's going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, you've got to start talking to this person, going, okay, I've sent you a starter. And then in a, in a, a secondary DM, send up saying, hey, look, send you a starter. Obviously, not, you're not going to take it, but I'm interested in the player I've asked for. And I've also sent the structure of the deal I'd like to look at. So it might be a higher a higher running back for a lower running back and a wide receiver on top, right? That's the sort of thing I'm looking for. Feel free to throw some names around. All of a sudden, you end up settling on two players you actually like that it turns out they're slightly yeah. lower on, and you get the value you wanted anyway. But you started with that mutual point of, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Are you interested? Yep, 100%. I like that one. Uh, any, any IDP? I have... So I've played in one IDP devotion, like it's a devoted to IDP. I have done it. It's a little wild to me. It's kind of sociopath behavior, yeah. um, but I do appreciate it. And, and now I'm in multiple leagues where you have three IDP flex spots and it has completely changed. It is fun. I get to track my favorite defensive player. Uh, I believe in, in that league, I have like a Bobby Wagner, Buda Baker. It's really fun to apply that, but I, I don't personally play in full IDP leagues. I do yeah. like the options of having three or four IDP flex spots because it does open. I know, I know Hollywood. I know. You know what? You can pitch it to me and then I'll let you send me an invite if you if your pitch is successful. Like like we're gonna go through another uh, trade pitch. Uh, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you convince me. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to just. I'm just disappointing Hollywood today. Shut it down. No, we gotta <laughs> go. We gotta <laughs> cut it. We can't. We can't keep. I know. I know. I'm sorry. It'll be okay. Just. I just hold. Just tell it to Patrick back here. He'll take. He takes all the uh, HR uh, calls. So Tom Lee, what's the next one? Do you got another scenario? What's another trade discussion so, that we like? Yeah. So we, we got the last one, and this this one. You can go either way, right? It's You don't necessarily like it. You don't not like it. But it's going and saying, hey, I noticed that you need this position, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's a reason it can go both ways. I'm going to play it out, and I want to see what your response is because you might have. <laughs> I <laughs> love this. What's going on? Send, your, yeah, send any response to Patrick and make sure that he files. Yeah, Patrick, hand, Patrick handles all HR. So, uh, you know, take it up with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The team alpaca. Yeah, so so we're going, to, yeah, the team we're going to play it out and um, and just see what your opinion of it is. And it's something we'll probably cover a lot more next week as well when you start getting into the nitty-gritty negotiation side of things. Ooh, yeah. Um, but here's what we'll go with. So, okay, so let's get into character here. Um, I need absolute silence. I need absolute <laughs> silence before I get into character. Oh, hey. At, no, hey, absolute silence. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Oh, hey, at Thomas Tipple FF. Uh, oh, I noticed. What's going on? Yeah, I noticed that you desperately need a running back too. I have Miles Gaskin. We should do a deal together. Ah, uh, you know what? Oh man, you're right. The draft didn't fall to me that way. I mean, I would be okay with getting a guy like Gaskin, but I don't really like where you drafted him. I think that was a little high for me. Uh, if we can make if we can make the pieces fit, I'd be definitely interested. So this thing then go one of two ways, right? The way I don't like it going is people getting really butthurt about what you've just said about their player, even yep. though you've just accused me of needing a certain spot on my team. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go with one of those, which is, oh, but Miles Gaskin finished with this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Here's some stats about how good Miles Gaskin is. And you're going, well, my whole point was I didn't want him. If yeah, I didn't, so going. here's my reply to that. I didn't yeah. want him in the draft. I don't yeah, want well, him at that value Miles. now. I passed <laughs> yeah. on him. I understand, and my reply would be: Look, I understand your value. He has great opportunity. 
but I passed on him in the draft. That's just not my value. Maybe we can make something else work. Yeah, and that should be a nice mutually agreed upon way to end a negotiation. If they're not Unless they ask you for two firsts for Miles Gaskin, you just hang, you just <sighs> leave them on red. That's inexcusable behavior. And if that's when the screenshot of the Hollywood, if that's where the screenshot of the trade calculator comes oh, in, you sake. yeet yeah. your phone out the window. Don't no, you send us a picture of it first and then you eat it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just send a yeah. picture of a shit sandwich and it would probably be pretty, pretty close. That's, that's where I find it. Okay. For you to go in on that, on that. On that. Because now yeah, they've right. completely ignored your opinion. They've completely yeah. ignored their basis, especially when they come to you with the trade offer. Now they've they've demeaned you twice in a fantasy yeah. league, which is another thing. That's where you can kind of get a little cute and clap back, uh, in my opinion. How about straight up hitting the reject button? Rude. Um, look, man. I mean, it's it's definitely part of body language, right? So yeah. a lot of times, um. I mean, I know I've hit straight reject on Tom Lee uh, just because he knows I think it's hilarious um, <laughs> to just ghost somebody afterwards, yeah. you know. Or if you're on one and you know you just know you're reject, that's a whole nother story. About but how, how quick do I hit you with a DM? Right? Like it's oh, it's instant. It's you instant. know, and it's usually yeah. Husker. Let, let me tell you, if you just hit reject button, how often have you gotten? And you can reply. Uh, how often have you gotten the no counter, bro? <laughs> like that's not even gonna counter bro like what's yeah. that like too good you're like too like you're too good so, for me. Yeah. like are you like you're just like too good like for the like converse like dude obviously and regardless of how trash bag that that offer is um there's always one exactly he knows see we're connecting here on how to cross these bridges for me i don't auto reject no matter what the offer is now uh, I'm a spiteful human. So if the trade offer is bad and if so, okay. Um, let's see, we're making connections here. Husker is a Hollywood tight. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this up. Oh, God. So we're gonna be um, not together soon. Yeah, so um, for me, I'm, I'm spiteful. There's some players that I play fantasy with. Uh, one is uh, the legend himself. Stolp. I hope you're listening, buddy. Um, but sometimes when he sends me an offer, I will deliberately leave it for five days and then I'll straight reject it with no message. Uh, just, <laughs> just because he knows, uh, that it's, that it's a, um, it's a gimmick, right? So yeah. knowing your league is fine. I auto reject terrible counters. See for yeah. me, I would, before I auto reject it, I would, I would have this message typed up and I would go, look, we're not going to see eye to eye. Yeah. Um, I think we can come back to this another time. We're not going to see eye to eye. Uh, no, thank you. And then I'm out. Yeah. Then I hit the reject. But if you're, if for my opinion, if you're auto rejecting any trade negotiations, you're going to make it harder on yourself later when you need something. Because yeah. if for any reason, it, like if the planets aligned a certain way, it, you know, if if the the planets rotation shifts just that little bit, and you're going to need to go to that one person. Um, it's probably going to be a little more hellish for you, and now you've lost the opportunity to capitalize on something. And how often does that happen? It's all the time. All the time. Like all I remember, time. I remember 2019, and I know we like to avoid the "well, I did this" situation. Yeah. But in 2019, uh, we're playing a defense. A player uh, really wanted to get a defense. It was a Monday night game. I picked up the San Fran defense, and the fantasy player had, you know not been super kind in responding to trade negotiations in the past auto rejecting. I got a second round pick for that defense the next year because they had an opportunity to win. They won that week. It was great. Yeah. It helped them in the standings, but I was a little more ruthless in that trade negotiation just because the planets did align, you know, the planets rotation led the situation to me. You know, the moon affected the waves of the ocean, which affected, you know, the plates and shook the ground and someone blew a knee out. And it, it came out that I was their only hope. And guess yeah. what? I got that second round pick because you left me on red. They auto rejected me a couple times in the season. I never want to be in that situation. I try very hard. And I understand if you do. I totally understand if you auto reject that. That's fine. Yeah. If you go to, like, obviously we're not. I should say this. 
We're not talking about those guys that'll send you, okay, you give me Cam Akers, and I'll give you Colin Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, three fourth-round picks, Tim Tebow, Taylor Heineke, and, like, I don't know, Very Matt Barkley. Examples that time. Yeah, I know. I don't want to talk yeah. about why. Yeah, that, I know they're listening, <laughs> and they know. I know they're going to listen, and they know. Yeah, I talked about yeah. it. At that point, I'm either sending them a completely spiteful one-sided trade the other way, or I'm auto-rejecting and I'm just not going to address it. Yeah. Um, oh, I think my kid. <laughs> um, so I, look, I think the key takeaway from this, though, Tom, is like it's not that we're above this either. Like I, we've had to learn this a hard way. It's nice, yeah. like you get in shitty moods sometimes. You want to be the asshole, you know. And it comes back to bite. It always does. You know, last yeah. year had to end up paying a high second because I got it from another team for Philip Rivers, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, because I, a couple of weeks before, trashed Philip Rivers in the group chat about how shit he is, and I only had two quarterbacks, and then Drew Brees got injured. Remember, when you so. only roll two <laughs> quarterbacks and one goes down and you try to acquire one, you might as well have a piece of paper yeah. stapled to your forehead that says, kick me. Yeah. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I won the league, which is good, but like... Yeah, I know. It still hurts, right? You still... This, this is why value is so important, is you need value on your team, otherwise... You can't then acquire someone, even if you fucking against the odds. That's you why should, um, so much. And it comes all the way back around with identifying those potential problems after yeah. the draft and not waiting. Do it now in the dead. I guarantee acquiring Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be he's a whole hell of a lot easier now than week yeah. five when he's just thrown 47 balls to Terry McLaurin in one game because he just felt like YOLOing and yeeting the ball. Okay. Yeah. It's easier to do now than later. And then you don't want to put yourself in a position where later it becomes impossible. And that's what we want to do. So I think that that uh, kind of wraps up part three of the value accumulation project. And a lot of it came down to how to approach a draft, how to maneuver within the draft. But the big key to this episode is staying open to communication and not kicking yourself in the ass before you get going. If you shoot yourself in the foot before you get in the door, you don't get in. You're 100% killing your chances. But if you can just, uh, I took my pup to the beach. Yeah, that's the way, Chase. Nothing wrong with <laughs> that, buddy. Nothing, nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Hey, and that's it. Hey, that's a really good reason to not reply to a trade right away, too. Remember that it's always it's playing every angle. Okay, people love dogs. They're sympathetic to the scenario. All right, yeah. kids um, and dogs. Kids yeah, and dogs. exactly. It's yeah. a great. It's a great. I don't need it, but my God, did they get in the way? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Huskers. We appreciate you, man. Well, you're busy fighting off ruse. I mean, that's a completely different scenario. Yeah, Sorry, right. mate. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't reply to that trade. I had to fight two ruse out of my yeah. yard. That's a completely reasonable, completely reasonable excuse. Um. I just want to mention that I did learn something, uh, Tom Lee. When um, so there's one Jesus. Yeah, we know. Um, so there's so there's one there's one um, scenario. There's a gentleman I work with, or is an acquaintance of one of our jobs, a client, uh, sure. who is who is from um, New Zealand. Yep. And I know that there are, <laughs> it is um, there um, people think they're similar but they're not. So I learned that the difference between uh, how to, how to tell. And if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's uh, you listen to how they say a chase and uh, or chance it's chance and chance. Am I right? Am I close? Yeah. Yeah, There's this, this goes to words. I mean, New Zealand, you get fish instead of fish. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Yeah. there it is. Okay, Uh, cool. uh, Yeah. Fish, fish and sucks. There's a lot of this sort of talking from New Zealanders and that sort of thing. Yes, uh, I offended him apparently because uh, I yeah, that's possible. He was from Australia, and apparently uh, that it was like think, a big, it was like a big thing. Yeah. He was a, he's an old timey, so yeah. it was like it was. I like think New Zealanders get more butthurt because they're a smaller nation who's arguably had larger international success than we have. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, good for them. I know, uh, I know, I know. Russell Crowe is a big deal between the. Uh, uh, yeah, because we keep taking stuff of theirs. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, man. We're adopters. Um, we were criminals to start with. You know, we're going to take what we can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how this whole story started. 100%. I just thought that was a cool, that's that's my uh, um, yeah. contribution to um, Aussie knowledge this week from a uh, not Aussie. So it's really cool. So break it down the episode. Obviously, it comes down to communication. Be open with your communication and be open with your negotiations and never take yourself out of the opportunity to acquire true value tom lee where do people find you with my overlay here i forgot to add the twitter stuff so that's on me so we're gonna get you to tell everyone where they can find you if you don't mind so it's at tom underscore lee spelled l-i-e 92 on twitter or on the bird app um, on the bird app slide into our dms and you can find us in leagues across uh sleeper platforms and other platforms as well um exactly that'd be cool come and join come jump in a league come send us an invite and get us get us going i'm keen yeah yeah hollywood convince us um maybe not that one <laughs> you can get into the dm you can even tag the dynasty tilt on the bird app uh at the end of this project we are going to help teach somebody how to build their own tiers um if you want some help building your tiers if you've never done it before if you want to update yours or maybe find a different process dm us leave us a comment we'll get you down we're going to draw a name and we're going to bring someone on and help cool. them break down their tears super excited to be able to do that and i myself i am your host with the most time on his hands uh i'm thomas tipple ff uh you can find my work with fantasy intervention and you will see my work with uh the dynasty vipers uh graphics division and then you can catch me on fridays yeah uh, you know six central seven eastern time with the full tilt dynasty podcast with my mates at big billy ff and at uh ff underscore rtdb uh the man with no hats versus the man against age it is a um um it's a good it's time. A really it's a really good yeah. it's a really fun show man and i gotta say a uh, big thank you to the dynasty vipers for giving us a chance to come on the network and spend some time uh with some more people that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so before so from me, from my mate uh, across the world, I want to thank everyone for tuning in a little bit later this week. The podcast will be out tomorrow. You can lock that in. Stay safe. Have fun. Stay kind. And always remember, the most important thing is that clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Good night, everybody. Ciao. <laughs>